Hello, and welcome to the Pragmatic Live podcast series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management and marketing professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I'm Rebecca Calajaris, Vice President of Marketing at Pragmatic Marketing, and your host for this episode. And today, we are joined by our very own Dave Daniels, creator of our launch course, longtime instructor, and current VP of Customer Success. Hello, Dave. Hello, Rebecca. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Glad to be here. So, Even if it is virtually. Right. Virtually is good, too. <laughs> so, Dave, you and I have both have lots of experience in product marketing and in marketing. And one of the things that I always say is the uh, it's the holy grail of marketing and product marketing is really metrics showing the impact that you have in a way that resonates with the overall organization um, so that they really can see the value that you bring to the table. I think it's one of the most difficult things that we do because we drive and we influence and there's so many pieces of it. Yes, I agree. And if you look at, if you, you know, the way that I view it is think about how when you go to the doctor's office and the doctor you know, what does a doctor do? If you don't feel well, they ask you a series of questions and they check your blood pressure and your, uh, your weight. And maybe, uh, you know, you got to go pee in a cup and they test whatever they test there. And they make, you know, a variety of tests that they do to get data, right? To get metrics. But it isn't as simple as looking at one thing over the other. Oh, you're your body temperature is fine. You must be healthy. Oh, well, no, I can't get out of bed. Oh, hmm, must be something else. So it's actually a combination of these things that they look at to diagnose your health. Are you healthy or are you not healthy? And so that's, that's the, the meme I've been running with lately is to try to share that idea with others, other product marketing managers say, hey, it ain't about the, you know, how many leads you generated. There's, it's more to it than that, especially from the product marketing point of view. To your point, all of those things together give you health. So what are some of the main things for product marketing that we want to monitor? What well, is the equivalent of our blood sugar and x-ray? Exactly. Let's start at the really high level and then work our way down. There's really only a handful of questions we're trying to answer. We're trying to stay um, for product. Are we growing efficiently? Are we spending too much money? In, in order to grow the business. So I'm, I'm, this, the metrics I'm going to talk about in this episode are going to be about growth. So retention is a whole separate thing, but let's just focus on growth. The third one is, are we selling as much as we can? And the fourth one is, are there any warning signs we're missing? So let's take a look at a handful. I have, I have quite a few in my bag of tricks, but I don't want to talk about all of them because it will just bore people to death because it's all mathy stuff. <laughs> so first of all, let's start with the, a really, really important one, which is customer lifetime value. And it's a, really, it's a really important one because it tells you something um, about are your customers staying with you? Is the, is the lifetime value going up or down? Um, and it's a really simple calculation. You take how much money a customer spends until they leave and divide it by the number of customers that have left. And so if we took uh, $850,000 is, is how much they spend until they leave, and we divide that by three, we get um, a little over $280,000. So that's the average. And what we're looking to do is to see that that number is, is grow, going up over time because if it's dropping, 
that that's a that's a diagnostic that tells us something's broken somewhere else and we should we should look a little further the other thing it tells you is gosh if if my average customer spends 850 grand until they leave is it is it terribly unreasonable to think about spending $50,000 to acquire them? $25,000, it doesn't seem so insane now. So we stop thinking about how much the cost is per lead and we think about how much does it cost to really acquire a customer, which gets us to our next metric. Well, one more on though, I think the lifetime value to your point is a really powerful metric. Again, not only does it help you figure out what an acquisition cost should be, but it also helps when you think about overall, even pricing, right? If I'm thinking about the mm-hmm. lifetime value of my customer, then I may not be as hyper-focused on what this individual piece is going to get me. It's how is this going to make sure that overall it's driving additional revenue from there. Correct. It's a big picture metric. It's not a discrete, like down to the lead or uh, impression kind of metric. And it's very strategic. It's something that your CEO is going to care about, your CFO is going to care about, your CPO, your everyone is going to understand that metrics and why it matters, um, which yeah. is where you want to have those conversations. To your point, you know, you want to show how you impact that. You're not necessarily how many clicks you're getting. Yeah, and now you're talking like a business leader and not like uh, you know a tactical marketer, which is really the place that a lot of people are trying to get to. But one of the rules you have in the, in the course, right, is, you know, if, if you want to be thought of as a, strat, a strategist, stop talking about tactics. And that's true right. very much with metrics as well. Absolutely. Because um, people's eyes glaze over. So it's, it brings us to uh, another high level metric, which is the customer acquisition cost. And, and we're, what we're trying to answer is the question, how much does it cost to acquire one customer? On average, how much is it costing us? Is that number increasing over time? Is it stabilized or is it declining? What we're looking for, ideally, is it that it's declining, uh, but it's not declining at, to the detriment of something else, right? So um, are, are we finding that our customer acquisition cost is going down, but our customer lifetime value is going down too? So there's an example of putting two things together to make sure that we're tracking in the right direction. And uh, customer acquisition costs is another one. It's really easy. You can get it from finance. Just take all of your marketing and sales costs for a period of time and divide it by the number of customers you've acquired during that time. And that'll give you the CAC or customer acquisition cost. And so, uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, well, overall customer acquisition costs going down is great. Um, I, I do know that when, uh, we're software companies and we're going into a net new market, right? We're extending out and we're being particularly growth focused that often uh, your overall customer acquisition costs will go up, right? Because you're stretching out of your core market, you're going out of your referral. And as long as you maintain a good one, right? Versus lifetime value versus CAC that you're okay. Uh, it, it can be a sign of part of your growth when, you're, when your customer acquisition cost actually goes up. Yes. And as you, you know, if you're, if you're an early stage company, you're, you're investing potentially wildly higher uh, than your competition in order to acquire customers. So that's got to be baked into your plan. And you're thinking, you know, this is not the time to optimize something like this, especially when we're trying to grow our customer base. We want to pay attention to it, 
but it shouldn't be an overriding factor when we're trying to get share at that point. Absolutely. Um, and also splitting out uh, customer acquisition costs by if you're going after, say, a new region or a new segment, and you can mm-hmm. split that out and compare it, that's also super helpful and meaningful because you would expect, makes sense logically, that a net new market is going to be more expensive. And so you can manage that and set expectations against that differently. Right. And it's, an, it's a great analytics tool, too, because you could look at your, your products and say, on you know, product by product area, um, what's my customer acquisition cost by product? You might have products floating around in your portfolio that are perfectly good products and they solve problems, but the cost to acquire a customer is so prohibitively high. You go, why should we even have it in the portfolio? Yep. Um, so there's, there's a lot of ways to use these kind of metrics at a really high level. That's a really um, good point in, in terms of thinking of a product marketing metrics in a way that you think of it in a product management world. Uh, if it's not, Uh, adjacent enough to a market I already communicate and have some form of awareness and reputation with, then to your point, it's going to be so hard for me to get there. That's clearly not within our our sort of core competency. Correct. Correct. It's it's just like, why bother? I mean, if it's strategic to your business and there's a long-term play there, well, that's a different decision to make. But, you know, they're, especially the bigger companies we work with, my goodness, they have so many products in their portfolio. If they just do an analysis on customer acquisition cost CAC, they might look at it and say, why are we bothering to sell in this region? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. Or why are we even in this product category? We're, we're, our customer acquisition costs are four times the industry average. What, what's going on here? Or, or maybe the market has changed underneath your feet and here's a product that you've been selling in a direct mode, which has really high acquisition costs because you're a sales sales team and you really should be selling it online. Mm. You know, so or this, a partner. Yeah. with a partner. Exactly. All right. Um, what's another metric I can talk to you about? Oh yeah. Here's a good one. Um, this is, this one's used in different ways. So I'm going to talk to about it in the, in one way and I'll mention how it's used in another way. And that is average, average contract value. So how much does a customer spend with us when they buy? So when they make a purchase, how big a check do they write Hmm. or how big a commitment are they making? Um, and so that's a really easy one to calculate too. You take, take a whole batch of, of deals that closed in a certain period of time and you add up the, all the value. So the sum of all of those deals and you divide it by the number of deals that were closed and you arrive at an average contract value. Now you might have some really high ones and really low ones. So you might want to throw those out cause it skews the average, um, particularly the real high ones. But you know, at the end of the day, you're looking at, at an average, um, in the SaaS world, um, subscription-oriented models, they look at this as uh, <clears throat> annual contract value. So when they see ACV uh, as an acronym, they see annual contract value. So I'm going to look at it in, in our discussion today is that ACV is average contract value. How much does the customer spend with us when they buy? And that's another really good one because you want to see your average contract value inching up. And if you see it declining, then there should be some, some uh, reason to take a deeper look at that. Are we, are we getting killed by a new competitor? Um, do we have uh, excessive discounting going on in the field? 
um, are we giving the product away as a bundle with you know another set of products in order to win a bigger deal? And in that case, it might be okay, but at least understand why it's going down so you can take action against that. So, um, or maybe they used to buy 150 seats on average and now they're buying 25 seats on average. Why? Why is that happening? And the thing you want to look at on any of these metrics is you got to look at them holistically. And what I mean by that is it's really easy to have one metric get really, really good and you're high-fiving, but then it's affecting as a, as a direct relationship to something else. So uh, an example of this might be your, your CFO is beating you up and saying, boy, our cost per lead is too high. Rebecca, you need to find a way to reduce our cost per lead. This is ridiculous. We're spending too much money here. So you go, oh, okay, yeah, I can do that. Get the team together. You come up with some ideas and you start seeing the cost per lead go down month over month. It's trending in the right direction. The CFO is going, good job, awesome, high five. But then you find out five, six months down the road that your close rate against those, those leads is also going down. And so when you put the two together, you'd go, no, wait a minute. There's more than a correlation here. There's causation. Something's happening. Maybe our cost per lead's going down because, you know, we're using different sources and the leads aren't, don't have as good a quality and, and, or it's opening up different markets that we don't really serve and, you know, they're not as interesting as customers. So that's a really simple example. And I've seen that happen in my career where, you know, one side of the business is, is saving money and the other side of the business is going, hey, what the heck is going on? And you and I know what happens. Mm -hmm. The close rate starts going down. They're going to come back and go, we need more leads. And so, the, you know, now we go into a spiral of spending more money and getting less quality and so forth and so on. But yeah, those are, those are some good basics to start with. Um, we're going to be incorporating some of these new metrics in our uh, market class um, fairly soon. So, so people should stay tuned. So we got some new content going into market. Um, and doing some more, more emphasis on these discrete strategic metrics uh, rather than the more common ones that uh, pe people know a lot about. I mean, they know about uh, cost per lead and um, click-through rates and things like that. Those are, there's lots and lots of information available on those. But it's more than just the metric. It's how to put the metric together and, and diagnose a problem. That's the real secret. Yeah, and I think um, it's always hard to know when your metrics are good enough to share right? Uh, I, I personally, you know, I come from a, a household of scientists and I think of math and, and there's a lot of rigor around it. And so in my career, I've actually been too hesitant to share the metrics, right? Like, well, you know, I got customer lifetime value, but you know, what is really a lifetime? What if they disappear for, and like, there's a million different questions mm -hmm. you can ask yourself. And I think um, the important thing is to track them, to do it consistently, uh, and to just make whatever your assumptions are clear, right? So if you're trying Correct. to get these metrics right, 
here's what I used as a net new client, someone who hasn't bought with us, say, in four years, or here's how I looked at this piece. And as long as you do that and, and, and manage it the same way, then you start to see the trends, which is what really matters. Correct. Correct. So you can look back and say, what did it look like six months ago, 12 months ago, 18 months ago? And wow, we're trending in the wrong direction or hey, wow, we're trending in the right direction. Things are getting better because, you know, if things like closed rate, when your closed rate goes up, that means your, your marketing is more efficient and your sales engine is more efficient. So, um, you know, you're getting better and better and more refined. And so increasing close rates are one of the things you want to look at as well. Right? Yep. So how often do people say yes? And if they're not saying yes very often, we should be taking a look at that. Oops. You know, and the other thing I would add just from a best practices perspective and, and how we want to implement is it's really important with these things that you're very aligned with sales um, because none of these happen in a vacuum. So knowing how they define a loss and what their process is for closing out and keeping it open um, is also important to make sure that the metrics, A, stay consistent. So if they have a change in their process, it doesn't make your numbers look different just because they've done a process change. But also because all of these things that we talked about, customer lifetime value, average contract value, you know, close rates, all of those things, 100% matter to sales. You are fully aligned in this area. And it's a mm -hmm. great rallying point uh, for you guys to combine it. And it's a great way to show that you're caring about the things that they're passionate about. They don't care about clicks, right? They don't care about open rates. They don't want these things. But this is an area where you have 100% alignment. Oh, you reminded me of my story. I remember oh. my story now. Excellent. So the, the VP of sales was throwing me under the bus because my team was presenting how awesome the new website happened to be at that time and how much the, you know, the traffic has gone up like 300, 400% and it was really awesome. And the VP of sales looked across the table and goes, that's interesting. So why isn't my pipeline up 300%? Now, between me and you and the fence post, that's a pretty elementary way of looking at it. But his point was made to me like, okay, I see a big improvement here, but it's not translating into something that I care about. Yep. These kind of higher level metrics are the thing that we should be looking at. And if I would have used them at that time, lesson learned, then he would have been going, okay, I see that that's going up, but this isn't. So let's figure out how to make that better. Right. And if you were talking and looking at those pieces, he'd be the first one to say how much better that spot. Well, maybe the second one to say, but, but yes, the, yeah, <laughs> right? after how much they've improved, but yes. Yeah, exactly. It's awesome. What else? What other, if you were just to give a couple hints on, on so that they could start kind of working in this area and implementing this today, uh, what would you do? Um, I would start by um, finding one of your partners in finance and um, work with them to come up with a basic set of product performance metrics. Of course, the obvious is, are we selling? Okay, that, that's easy. Right? Are we selling? But then take it a little further. Say, what I'm really trying to do is diagnose the, the health of the business of my product that I, that I support. So if I'm speaking as a product marketing manager, I should be looking at this and saying, you know, at the end of the day, my job is to figure out how to sell more stuff, you know, more of that product as much as possible. 
And so what I need to do is figure out how healthy is it today and then set a target for how to make it more healthy in the future, make it better and stronger and grow. So I'd start with finance to talk about the kind of information to extract. Like, can we extract the cost per lead? Can we extract things like, um, uh, I don't know, the, uh, the marketing and sales costs? Can you just give me like a, a, a broad brush number? It doesn't have to be precise here. Um, is it something that I can get access to so I can run the reports myself? Um, is it something that you, once we set it up, can you run the reports for me once a month? So I can get build like a dashboard of, uh, of my products so I can monitor how they're doing. And I'm going to look at it and, and explain to your, your CFO, if that's the person that you talk to, that I'm going to be monitoring in different ways. So if I have a, a mature product in a mature market and we've been selling it for a number of years and I have a customer base, the health of that business is going to be very measured very differently than I would on an early stage company. It's just like a, like a person, right? Once they get older and more established, the thing and the things that you look at in terms of a, an older person's health is different than you look at with a baby's health. And so there's different kind of metrics and diagnostics that you would use um, based on, on where they are in their, in their lifetime. Products are no different. That's a really interesting point. And I think it would be really interesting at some point to think about, you know, some of these um, HubSpot does a great job with some of these metrics and publicizing them and mm -hmm. then publicizing um, what are general bands that you find about these metrics so you can compare yourself to. And they usually do it by either the type of sales organization it has, how outbound it is or how inbound and how complex the thing is. But I think it would be really interesting to map up some of these standards by, to your point, the, the sort of spot it is on the product lifecycle. Right. And, right. and um, right. it's a very valid point that you're going to have drastically different standards um, and benchmarks in those. Well, correct. And, and it's even the benchmarks will be slightly different if you're introducing a new product in a very mature market, too. So um, it, it's a it's it's both a simple concept to talk about and explain, but yet a very challenging thing to implement in a way that is effective and believable within the organization. But I tell you what, it's based on data. And people can argue with your methods, but, but if the data's there, they can't argue with that. Yep. Data trumps all. Data trumps all. Facts over opinions. Yes. All right. This was great, Dave. Anything else you'd like to add? No, just you have a great weekend. Enjoy your family. Thank and you. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. All right. That does it for okay. today's episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And don't forget to join us next week when we tackle another great topic designed to help you elevate your product, your company, and your career.